All right, it's 10.40, shall we roll? All right, let's do this. So thank you everyone for coming to this panel, which is entitled Curators, Influencers, and Tastemakers. It's a conversation that I first spoke to Brian Zisk about at South by Southwest because I run Red Magnet Media, which is a social marketing agency. And one of the things that we're seeing is that in addition to having a daily beat of social marketing campaigns and content that goes out on all the different social networks and a really thoughtful content strategy, you really need to work with influencers and have an influencer strategy. And I wanted to have a conversation with smart people like Andrew Jervis from Bandcamp and Ron from Rap Genius about influencer strategy because I think there are two digital music tech companies that are working with influencers in unique ways and there's a lot that we can learn from both of them because in my conversations with them they both got their gigs because they were influencers and curators on the sites that they were on and have a long a long history of being curators and tastemakers. So why don't we start it with that and I guess my question to Ron and to Andrew is, you know, how does someone really become an influencer or a tastemaker? <laughs> and that's, that's why we're all here, right? Like, I'm, I'm still blown away. She called us smart. So. I think on Rap Genius it's pretty handmade that if you should be uh, annotating something that you're interested in that no one else is interested in. That's the stuff that uh, Mockboat, he's one of the co-founders of the site. That's the stuff that he likes. Like, we'll have a we'll have a moderator who has like 60,000 rap IQ, and I'll be like, oh, we should invite him out to LA, and he's like, well, he's doing everything that everyone else is doing. But if someone has like 4,000 rap IQ, but they're annotating like Mark Zuckerberg interviews. Like then he'll be like, oh, we got to fly this guy out. He's doing he's doing really high level stuff. So just you know find a niche that that's something that you like, and then it's not it's not anywhere else. So fly someone out. What does that mean? <laughs> we <laughs> you have you fly them out to your office. Yeah. And what do they do? Well, they intern for us. Awesome. <laughs> Anyone want an internship at Rap Genius? Now you know how to get it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. Bandcamp, there's a bunch of different ways that you can become an influencer. Before I got there, which was about four months ago, the bands were the influencers. The only reason that Bandcamp existed is because there are really great bands who push their fans to their Bandcamp pages. So really, it was the, the artists and the labels that use the site making it happen. Then a couple of months ago, we launched this thing called Fan Pages, and if you've ever bought anything on Bandcamp like I had, and this is how I ended up getting my gig there, is you can set up a little page, and on your Bandcamp fan page will appear all of the releases that you've bought. You can review those things, and anything nice or nasty you say about those releases will appear on the artist page. And then you'll, you'll go to an artist page, and maybe they have hundreds and hundreds of reviews or people's faces, and some have only got one, but it's a good way to, like, show that you're into music and what you're into. It's also a really good time suck. You start clicking on oh, that person looks interesting. I wonder what they bought and I never heard that before. Before you know it, you know, your wallet's empty and you've spent two hours on Bandcamp. So those are a couple of ways that you can become an influencer on Bandcamp. Cool. And so I'm going to ask the question that everybody wants to know, Andrew, which is like, if I'm an artist, how can I get on the homepage of, of Bandcamp? So one of the things I really like about Bandcamp when I joined up was that it's completely ad-free. You don't have to watch a 20-second ad about laundry detergent to listen to the song that you want to get to. And it's going to stay that way. And um, I think that's really cool. So there is no pay for placement on Bandcamp. You can't. You can meet me in the lobby if you want to. But no, there's, there's no, uh, <laughs> there is no, you know, hey, my record's coming out. What does it cost to get on the home page? It, it, it just doesn't work. And, and due to the, the size of the, the number of tracks that are being added to Bandcamp on a, on a daily basis, it would be impossible to entertain all of those requests. So really, there, there are a few things that you can do. You can make sure that if you have a Bandcamp site, that your site looks really good, that you're uploading a 
picture of yourself and a bio and that your page looks great and that you link to it and that you're doing all the right things. You don't post media file links or you know other, other things that are going to jeopardize your page or, or make it look less legit. So having a great looking page is, is, is one thing to do. You can also, if you're a band and you're using Bandcamp, have um, a fan page. You could be buying other people's releases that you're into. Um, there's also a recommendations button on, on Bandcamp that you could use where you get to recommend a couple of different bands that you're into and I think that's really cool if you're a band and say you're you're a band just starting out and you you got your you got a gig going on tour with a bigger band have them recommend you because having an, another artist recommend you is, is such a big pat on the back you know better than having some blogger write about you have an artist who actually means something to a lot of other fans uh, recommend you and there are other lots of little things too if you're going on the road use songkick and songkick populates your page with tour dates you know just make your page look legit make it look like you've got enough going on and, and you will catch our, our eye for sure. Oh, and put out good music, kind of helps. <laughs> but I think in a lot of ways, the buck really stops with you, right? To get on the homepage. So if there's an artist that's trying to get your attention, I guess first start with what should they do? Well, all of those things I just mentioned, mm -hmm. make sure you, you, you make your presence on Bandcamp a good-looking experience for fans, and then it's a good-looking experience for me too. There's nothing worse than going to a page and thinking, "Well, the song's really good, but you know, that's an iPhone picture that somebody uploaded for their profile pic that's blurry and makes no sense, and they forgot to include when the record comes out." You can also, I know it's funny when MySpace was around and you could tag your release as like coming out in 1902, and the music is whatever religious metal slash Scandinavian rock, whatever, <laughs> ha ha ha, and it's not, it's like a, you know, electronic record. Tag your music properly, and then I know what I'm looking at, and then I can more easily, uh, you know, sift through and find find things. You know, there's something to be said, what's the old phrase about don't judge a book by the cover? That, that was a lie, you know. <laughs> if, if you've got good-looking artwork, it's probably going to catch my eye. And... Mm. Why don't you talk about what not to do with influencers? Because I think that you have a lot of experience with this personally, with artists trying to grab your attention. Um, yeah, finding my home phone number and calling me is a no-no. Um, <laughs> I apologize for that already. I, <laughs> I, I knew I recognized your name. You know in the back of your mind, I should probably like just keep spamming this guy's personal Facebook account. Like, You know I'm not going to listen to your song if you keep doing that. It, it, it's annoying, right? And 99.9999% of the time, someone is finding a way around trying to get hold of you by doing something, finding your personal cell phone number, finding your personal email addresses, or calling your previous employee and asking him for a number, you know, stuff like that. Those people who are doing that, their music is almost always not good anyway. You know, most people know that if you're a band and you're trying to make some noise and you're trying to get noticed by anybody, never mind just me at Bandcamp, you make good music, you make it look good, you go out on the road, you play dates, you do all the things that make your stuff buzz to begin mm -hmm. with. I don't know if this happens to you at all, but people will send me like YouTube links to their music or SoundCloud links to their music and it's just like, if you want to be on Rap Genius, put your music on Rap Genius. Mm. Like, <laughs> and they don't even go and, and do that. No, and no. it's like, yeah, it's the easiest thing to do. So why don't you talk a little bit about that, Ron, because in getting to know Rap Genius, it's one of the things I love the most is that they're, it's very democratic and anyone can get verified, which is, you know, Twitter, it seems to be sort of a black box in how they verify people. So why don't you talk about verification on Rap Genius and, and how that works? Yeah, you can you can submit to be verified or just like email at email us at like feedback at rapgenius.com. Sometimes you'll just like people will tweet at us like, "Oh, I wish I was verified on Rap Genius." And like if I'm you know, if I'm sending tweets out at the time, I'll just like, "Oh, what's your username?" And you know, anyone can do it. So what's cool about it is that it like puts it it gives you a sense of ownership over the lyrics, which is neat, but it's also like people people who just put their music on Bandcamp or something are on par with, you know, ASAP Rocky or, or any of the number of, like, signed people that we have verified, you know. And 
why don't you talk a little bit about rolling out the video annotations and, and how that was first rolled out to celebrities and then rolled out from there? Yeah, video annotations is like a fun tool. It's kind of like, it's less about explaining a lyric and more about showing your personality. Like Mac Miller just just uploaded a video annotation on the toilet yesterday. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And so it's it started, uh, video annotation started with like, yeah, guys like Mac Miller, just more people who had a ton of, uh, who had a following, and then we we opened it up to everyone, so like anyone could do a video annotation. We have a verification system that's like nothing verified, and then there's verified verified, so that's if you have a, a thousand Twitter followers, and then there's meme verified, and so that's if you're a meme, if you're like a big deal. And so I'm nothing verified, and I can do a video annotation. Uh, yeah, I had a blog about lyrics, and um, the uh, the idea for the blog, we, we were on our way to a conference like this or something, and uh, I was talking to my editors, and so I had my one of my editors do a verified annotation of the conversation that we had, mm. <laughs> uh, which I thought was pretty cool. That's cool. So can you guys talk a bit about various influencers or moments where... Um, Rap Genius or Bandcamp was mentioned in a blog or a television show or by an influencer and it seemed to cause a spike in traffic or, or a moment for your companies? And, uh, and who was that person? What did they do? And what was the result? There was a, there was a terrible time when the Drudge Report mentioned us <laughs> and we got all these crazy people coming and doing annotations. And, uh, you know, we had to... It was a long day for moderators, just sifting through all of that. Um, and we used to get a lot of, um, like we got mentioned by uh, the rap group Dats Racist, uh, and they called us a uh, white devil sophist. <laughs> so that was a bit of a problem. Uh, but now we're getting like more positive mentions. Like we've since reconciled with Dats Racist, which was a huge deal for me, because I'm a fan of their music. And um, they were getting mentioned by Pitchfork. They used to make fun of us. And now they, uh, in the review of the Great Gatsby soundtrack, they mentioned uh, we have uh, one, the Great Gatsby, the book is annotated on Rap Genius, which is neat. And uh, we also have the soundtrack annotated. And so they mentioned us. I mean, it's tough to, it's tough to get a gauge on, on what's, you know, and what's sending us traffic. Most of our stuff is just through Google searches, people searching lyrics. So it's interesting that a lot of negative um, mentions really has helped grow Rap Genius. Yeah, our, our co-founder got in a lot of trouble for uh, for telling Mark Zuckerberg and Warren Buffett to fillet him. <laughs> but the upshot of that <laughs> is that we got a ton of traffic from it. Uh, and I think, you know, I think that's, I think that once people saw this site, you know, they kind of got over it. They kind of got over it. And we just verified Cheryl Sandberg, so we squashed the Facebook beef, which was important for me, because I use Facebook. Mm -hmm. For us, we have had a series of big artists kind of jump on the band, band camp bandwagon, that's hard to say, <laughs> and, and use the site, test it out, and, and see what they could do, maybe exclusively for a little while. So Sooth Gem Stevens was a big one for us mm. a couple of years ago, decided that he would release a record solely through Bandcamp and, you know, for for Bandcamp, I wasn't there, but I could, I'll still say us, that uh, it, it was a it was a test for us and handled it well and nothing went down and mm -hmm. sold bazillions of copies of his record for us. And, and there have been numerous times now where uh, artists of, you know, bigger ilk come along and decide to use the site and now it's becoming more and more, yes, well, of course we have a Bandcamp page, so that's fine. Um, Slowly, we're infiltrating into NPR and places like that as a, as a place that they'll naturally just send people to to buy music once they featured it on there. So, yeah, it's interesting to watch it kind of seep in and just become just a part of the music ecosphere. Mm -hmm. And so then, talk a little bit about both of you because if what it's like to work with an influencer and and the handholding that you need to do. Do you feel like it's worth the investment in time? Because it takes it takes a lot of work, right? And there's a lot of hand holding that's required, and it can often be a, a business distraction 
while you're trying to scale a company. And it feels like whenever I call my movie, like he's he's on the phone like having lunch with someone. He's not like thinking about like putting in more servers or getting more users on the sites. It takes a lot of effort to especially get people to annotate their lyrics. So why don't you both talk about both working with big artists, what you need to do. I mean, both of you talk about what you need to do and how you manage working with influencers. Yeah, this has been a big deal over the last few months at Rap Genius because we've been having like more verified artists. And so the thing is like, we're a really small staff. And so this is more of a big deal in like New York, like I work out of uh, LA, but we'll have artists come in, they'll come to our office and um, you know, like they'll smoke and like they'll slowly kind of get to the business of doing verified annotations, but it'll take them a while. We recently sent, um, we recently sent uh, a memo that was like, there's no, you can't take acid in the Rap Genius New York office anymore, in case any of you are wondering. <laughs> I was sick, I wasn't there, but um, yeah, one of my favorite rappers kind of had a bad acid trip, and like, yeah, <laughs> there was vomit everywhere, it was terrible. Wow. <laughs> and acid. so we, that was like, that was a, but that was like a teachable moment for us. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, all right, like we wanna we wanna hang out with them, you know. We wanna <laughs> we wanna be a space in which, like, yeah, it's fine. Like, uh, like Danny Brown, he d- he doesn't look at Rap Genius as press. He's like, okay, I'm gonna do my press kit all day, and then at the end of the day, I'll come to Rap Genius and kind of hang out. Hmm. We like that we have that camaraderie, hmm. but at the same time, you know, we don't want to be cleaning vomit. <laughs> so it's like, how do you, you know, how do you balance that? And then on the lower level, you know, if we have a, if we have a smaller artist uh, that's coming in, and uh, we have to dedicate kind of like two of our editors who could be busy doing like any number of things, and we're dedicating our time to that, it becomes like we're kind of doing them a huge favor, you know, because we we are a pretty big site, and so it becomes like, how do we spend our time? Yeah, we still haven't worked it out yet. I think for for smaller verified artists, you know, if they're working, if they're doing a lot of work on the site, then we definitely want to like show them love. But if they're just kind of like, if they're trying to use it as more of like a promotion tool, then I don't know. It's all it's all judgment calls too. You can't make kind of any broad decisions. But it's something we've been thinking about a lot: how to spend our time. Well, before I got to Bandcamp, I ran an independent record label for about 14 years, so I was pretty well versed in hand-holding and shoulder-to-cry-on technique. And smoking, hopefully. Well, I'm still here, so <laughs> yeah, n- not too many acid trips. But um, <laughs> I, I think I, I, my personal thing is that even the, the kid who's first trying to get his music up on Bandcamp is just as important as anyone else. And I try to spend as much time as possible with anybody because, you know, who knows, they could be the next whatever to be found. And so um, I feel like anybody deserves the chance to be given the opportunity to put up as best looking uh, a page as possible. Having said that, before I got there, I can't claim to have had any hand in this. The Bandcamp blog is is really beautifully beautifully written and explains anything that you would ever need to know. So if you ever have a problem and you can't figure out why your page isn't working the way you want it to, it's almost undoubtedly covered on the blog, which again is another thing that I enjoyed about working there. Um, but yes, there is some handholding, and obviously, uh, if someone has a big campaign and they're trying to figure out what part Bandcamp plays in that, then yes, I have to kind of walk them through it. But mm-hmm. it equal opportunity. And have you guys made certain materials like a one sheet or, um, you know, a, a, a video, like a how-to, you, you know, get set up on Bandcamp? Yeah, if you go to the Bandcamp blog, there's, there's a lot of uh, video casts and how to do this, how to do that, how to set up your page. If you're a label, it gets more complicated. So setting up with, you know, mass amounts of back catalog, it's Great. all explained. And have you guys done that as well for your influencers or just, I mean, for everyone in general, yes. Yeah, we have like the contributor guidelines. We have like a how to make a verified video. Um, but for an influencer, we'd rather we'd rather be there in person with them. Still doing the one-to-one hand-holding. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess one of the big questions I have is, especially for both of you, that 
are in the music space and working so closely with artists all the time is who are influencers that influence you? Who, like, when you, like, see a tweet or a Facebook post, they, like, listen to this, you, like, actually go and listen to an artist. Who's influencing you right now? I'm sort of uh, obsessed with BuzzFeed right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, They actually... Uh, Jonah Peretti, who's uh, the co-founder of BuzzFeed, he owns like a, a small percentage of Rap Genius, and when I found that out, I was like, oh, we have to meet him, we have to hang out with him. His sister is a, a stand-up comedian, and uh, I annotated one of like, she had a, a comedy song, and so I annotated on Rap Genius, she eventually tweeted it out, and so now we follow each other on Twitter, which is like a big deal for me to be like one degree of separation away from Jonah Peretti. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I uh, actually do use the site. I'm not just dialing my bank camp. I do use the site, and um, it allows me to follow a lot of labels and artists that I'm into. It's the only way for me to stay on top of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that I'm I'm really into, and and whether they're adding anything at any given time. Um, I also did a radio show here in the city for about 17 years, so I'm fortunate enough to be on a lot of PR people's um, lists. So that's how I also stay on top of stuff. I also really still do love radio. And any given time, might be listening to Calex and the East Bay or KCRW or KEXP online. I love um, BBC Radio Six. I think is awesome for finding out about music um, because it's it's very artist driven mm-hmm. too. Jarvis Cocker and people mm-hmm. like that have shows on there, so mm-hmm. I think I think that's really interesting. Um, I keep I basically keep a, a folder open on my uh, computer at any given time to pop something that I thought. Was, is possibly Bandcamp related and then at the end of the week I'll go back and kind of go through and try and either corral people to sign up or uh, you know make sure that's something I, I think about for next week's show um, also just regular customers fans on, on Bandcamp there's some really interesting people who have interesting collections so uh, following what the people who use the site do is, is, is a great way to stay on top of, uh, of new music for me yeah, what I was so impressed about with Bandcamp was that it was your your crowd of tastemakers are really so international, so you can really get a global perspective on what people are listening to around the world. I mean, can you talk a little bit about that and how you're seeing trends in music go between Russia and, I mean, is the world becoming a smaller place because people are able to use a platform like Bandcamp to share what they're listening to or are things moving faster? What are What are you seeing in terms of musical taste? Wow, is the world getting smaller? We could be here for hours. Mm. Um, I don't know. It is, it is really interesting to see little sub-genres of stuff kind of take off and, and blossom. There's a lot of really great electronic music coming out of Russia right now for some reason. And um, some of it is really pretty and, and deep and very interesting. And um, I hadn't come across that before. So that to me is fascinating. Um, I'm still stuck on yours. The world getting smaller. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. No, I mean, the, you, you know, I, I think that uh, you can watch these little uh, genres blossom and, and, and bands kind of spawn other bands and fans uh, turn on other fans and watch it kind of unfold. And, and uh, that is really interesting. And, you know, like I said before, some people don't use the tagging uh, correctly. So I'm sometimes I'm not sure where the person is from. I don't have to, you know, and, and, and I'm never uh, surprised mm-hmm. by... Uh, by who's using the site and where they're coming from. Yep. So I think that right now is a really fantastic time, and we're seeing lots of upstarts, like the BuzzFeeds of the world, come up and start being influential upon all of us. Um, we're seeing like Brit Moore and start Britain Co. and creating like a wild success for DIY out of the gate. Um, it's a really great time to create your own brand and to become an influencer. So I'm sort of curious from both of you, if someone really wants to become a music influencer, what advice and guidance would you give them on blogging, how to use Twitter, how to use Facebook, Tumblr, whatever else, Rap Genius, Bandcamp? I mean, what what should they, what are some? <laughs> what would you tell them to do? I like you know, <laughs> First things first is make a Rap Genius account. You know, <laughs> I think it's the that's what I would do. And how and and then how should they start, you know, getting active and becoming an influencer and rap genius? I think this is like a, a good example is uh, 
this artist Frack who's out in San Francisco, where he uh, he started annotating lyrics just like the artist that he liked, and then he started putting his own music on Rap Genius, and so then he would do like you could do a video breakdown, and so he did a video, and uh, we actually got to meet him, and so now he's uh, he's a moderator on the site. He's like tweeting for us he's doing like facebook and so he's he's covering all bases and so it's like you can you don't have to use it just to promote your own music just the best thing you can do is like join the community you know and who knows maybe you'll end up being an editor yeah. and do you think that's helped his career at all for sure and in, in what sort of ways oh he's got he's got to uh he got mentioned by kendrick lamar so that's a pretty big deal wow I think you have to be active. You know, there's no point in just saying, oh, I'm going to be a music blogger and set up a blog and start writing reviews and call it a day. You know, you have to be making sure you're interacting with the artist when you can or with the um, PR person connected to the artist and that you're, you know, your blog is connected to what other outlets, you know, you're, you're involved with. Otherwise, you know, everyone's a blogger. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you really have to stay on top of it and be active and, um, don't follow the herd too. There are so many blogs and 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 uh, shows out there where they're just repeating what the press release that they were sent says. Mm -hmm. You know, I read these reviews of records and I'm like, I just read that 15 other times. You know, they change maybe a word in the sentence there. It's just unoriginal. So you know, think for yourself. Uh, stay active and 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 be out there. And I'm just sort of curious to hear from both of you. There seems to be a lot of tension between algorithms deciding what's most popular and what's going to be featured on a homepage or in a certain section of a site um, and what's pushed towards you versus um, a personal curator role. And so as technology develops and things start moving faster, how do you see that tension evolving over time? Like what will win, the algorithm or the curator or, or will the, there be a mix? What do you think is going to happen? On our site, there's a mix of both. If you go to the homepage, um, yes, there's the stuff that I personally pick, there's the show that I host every week, but there's also um, a big module, call it what you like, that shows what is actually selling right now, where it's coming from, um, uh, who bought it, how much they paid for it. So a lot of that stuff is actually real-time, what's actually happening on the site. And um, I also go out of my way to try and make sure that we spotlight some interesting collections on the homepage every week. So they could be from a tastemaker, they could be from an artist, or they could just be from some person that uses the site and, and, and bought a bunch of stuff that I thought was really interesting. So personally, I think a mix is the best best way to go. Yeah, we do both. And so like on the, on the homepage, you'll see hot songs, and that's done by an algorithm of whatever is the most popular thing. But I think the tastemaker role is really important because, like, that's the way you can kind of show that, like, a lower verified artist is on par with uh, with anyone. Which is you you take their song and you put it at the top of the page. I mean, there's no bigger honor than that to have it on the front page. And so I think that's really important. And also, I think people are starting to look at us for new music. Like, we're getting tweets that are like, "Oh, I just found out about this band through Rap Genius." There's um there's a band called Weekend which I think a lot of people uh, had mistaken for The Weeknd, the, the R&B act. <laughs> and so they got a bunch of views on Rap Genius, but, uh, and then we can track like how long people are staying on the page. And so it's just not, people are reading the lyrics and being like, oh, this band's cool too. It's not just, oh, I wish this was a The Weeknd song. And then it's not, you know. Cool, very cool. Does anyone have any questions? No questions, really? Okay, you all know how to, um, all right, anyone? Yes. Uh, if you could talk about some of the licensing issues in terms of the lyrics that are up on your site and what's in the public domain, what you constitute fair use, uh, and how you guys view. Can I ask you, who are you and, where are you, and what company are you from? Uh, I am a recent law graduate, uh, and I've worked with the Electronic Frontier Foundation and the Berkman Center, so that should give you some ideas of my leanings. <laughs> <laughs> They're very copy left. <laughs> I think once it has an annotation, it's fair use. I don't think we've run into any problems with like record labels. They really like us and they don't, 
I mean, they don't have a problem with this putting lyrics on. I think as we move into like putting like text uh, and so like books, and so we just put uh, all of Jane Austen's work is on Rap Genius. Like we did The Great Gatsby, and so we're we're using a f like a finer kind of like hand to to go about books because it's. I think lyrics don't make up a whole song. Like lyrics are just a part of a song, and so I don't think it's that big of a deal. But if you're an author, like, and you have a whole book, then it becomes a kind of a problem. But no, lyrics are are fine. I don't think we're ever going to run into trouble with that. Anyone else? No. Okay. So, can you guys talk about PR people, or <laughs> <laughs> and how? Um, they've successfully have pitched you guys in the past and maybe even some examples of how unsuccessful pitches have been thrown at you? I think what's interesting about Bandcamp and PR people is it's a little bit of a gray area for some people. They're still trying to figure out, okay, so now your page, your homepage is curated. You're going to make some noise for my band. I like that. But you're also selling the band. So you're not iTunes or Amazon and you're not Pitchfork or NPR and you're some kind of mix in the middle. And some people embrace that and they jump on it right away and they get it like, okay, cool. You're going to feature my band. That's awesome because the person reading it, if they're really into it, they can go ahead and pre-order it right then. It makes sense. It's only good for the band. And, you know, obviously we have, we ha we have decent traffic um, because the site was self-propelled by all these artists to begin with. So it's like we instantly had this very popular blog, for want of a, a better word. Um, and so we're still trying to, with some, some PR folks are still trying to figure out where do we fit? You know, how do we work some sort of feature on Bandcamp and keep everybody else out there in the, in the blogosphere happy? Um, so it, it's, it's, it's tricky, but, you know, I'm, I'm an easygoing guy. Usually out. PR people send the weirdest emails. That's how I feel about PR people. <laughs> You're never quite sure if they're like holding your son for ransom or if they're trying to like contact you. There are all kinds of weird typos and like kind of weird buzz phrases. Like, oh, great opportunity. I don't like PR people that much. But, <laughs> but is uh. You know, if you're a big enough artist, then sometimes we'll be trying to reach out to, to their PR. I think um, Afro Man has the funniest voicemail. So funny. And so we were trying to get Afro Man verified on the site. I think he's verified now. His voicemail is, uh, this is Afro Man's management. Uh, <laughs> name a city and a, and a date and a price, and it better be good. And that's it. <laughs> That's all. So, but some some PR person has must done it right with you, Ron. Right? Like, so, like, how have you seen it done correctly? And versus not feeling like, oh my God, they're holding my kid ransom. <laughs> if you're, I don't know. I think it depends how we meet. I think we really have to meet you in person. I think that's the best move for a PR person. Uh, if you're emailing us, like, if you're sending us some weird email. Um, then we're probably not going to get back to you. We, we'd rather work with the artists. Like Shia LaBeouf got, just got uh, verified on this site, and he just sent us an email like, hey, I, I directed this music video. I'd like to debut it through your site. And we're like, okay, Shia LaBeouf, you can do that. <laughs> um, we'd rather work with the artists themselves. Like the PR people that we've met, like we've met them at parties, and they were like, oh, we'll hook you up with like whomever. It usually doesn't, again, I don't really like <laughs> PR people. But yeah, if we meet you in person and you're like, oh, well, I know X, Y, and Z person, and then I can, I can hook you up with them, that's it's a lot better than sending us an email. Let's talk about events, because one of the ways we've had a lot of success working with influencers is holding special experiences for influencers. Um, one of the things I'm slightly biased to is, is not paying people for posting. Um, because I just feel like that that creates an authentic post. And uh, if you give someone a really great experience and they're so excited about participating in it, they'll post about it before, during, and after. And so I'm wondering, 
has Bandcamp or Rap Genius done any sort of events besides for having people hang out in your office um, to help create some buzz? And, and what have that? What does that look like? Yeah, you got to go to our Rap Genius parties. They're so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a housewarming party in LA uh, next month. If you guys want to come to that, you should let me know. Uh, I <laughs> I was in New York. I, we had a we had a party uh, in April that I, I made the, I created the playlist for. The playlist is public if you guys want to. It's on Spotify. But those are a lot of fun, you know. You, you, have, a, you have a bunch of people over and then they find out about it through like, I think w- the people that we invited, like we invited a lot of people, but, but most of the people that came to our Rap Genius party in New York just found out about it through like, oh, their friends were checking in on Foursquare. And so that was really cool that we, we got to meet people and then they found out about it. I don't know. It's okay, I guess. So how do you decide who will attend this party? I mean, you just invited everyone here and do you do you like have like a certain like like are there are you targeting influencers at those parties? I mean, do you have like who makes the guest list is what I'm trying to get to. Well, we invite all our favorite rappers, but they're so busy, you know, it's like they're always on tour or something. It's mm-hmm. tough. And then once they're there, they don't want to be sometimes they don't want to be bothered. And so um, uh, Joey Badass, like we're really friends with him and like the pro era crew. And so we invited him to the New York party, but I didn't even see him, which I was really disappointed because he got there and then he kind of like was sequestered off into his office with his friends, which again, I can understand that. But, you know, that was a bummer for me. And what about inviting like any Twitter influencers or bloggers and all that? Do you make an effort to do that? I do. Yeah. I mean, I just invite the people that I like, you know. So if I if I read like the writers that I read like uh, Rembert Brown, I invited him to our party. He didn't come, you know, bummer. <laughs> Edith Zimmerman, she uh, she runs the Hairpin. She interviewed uh, she interviewed Mockbode last year. She also didn't come, bummer, you know. I invite people that I like, but then they don't come, so it's whatever. <laughs> well, that, that's cool though. I mean. That's great that you do that, and you got to keep on like sending out the invites, right? Yeah, One day they'll show up. We we had a really cool invite. It was uh, the theme of the party was our co-founder Tom. It was Tom's bar mitzvah, and so I don't know if you guys seen that Drake's uh, Drake has a video where he's doing like a bar mitzvah kind of a thing, and so we uh, cropped out Drake and put Tom in there. So it's like, how do you not come to that party, right? But you know. Bloggers can't be choosers, right? <laughs> and then once you actually have a bunch of um, people at your... I mean, why don't you talk about your events, Andrew? It won't take too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, we don't do any. The, mm. the problem is with Bandcamp, everybody wants you to do an event. Can mm. you sponsor our tour? Can you be part of our event? Well, you know, there are millions and millions and millions of tracks on Bandcamp. How could we possibly... Do that. Mm-hmm. It would just. Oh, this is we, a really cool thing. Around, Sorry, you know. No, uh, go ahead. That got me thinking that uh, South by Southwest, like a lot of like uh, websites that are on par with us, like the Fader, like Complex, they can like pay Kendrick Lamar a ton of money to perform their show. But like we didn't want to pay anyone like a ton of money to perform our show. So what we did is that we rented a, a ranch and then we had rappers hosting the ranch every day. Because there isn't a lot of stuff to do during the day at South by Southwest, and so like our favorite rappers would just like you know be making us hot dogs and stuff. That was cool. I'll come to one of your parties. <laughs> <laughs> I got Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have a question? Yeah. It's on. Mine is more of a comment than it is a question. I mean, I read the description, and it was influencers and tastemakers and all that, and I, I think if we're talking about that to broaden the discussion above and beyond just the two companies that are up there, I think we make a mistake when we don't really acknowledge that, in my mind, the true influencers are the people that might be at the barbershop on a Saturday afternoon, the hairdresser, you mm-hmm. know, the secretary at, you know, the work uh, station that actually listens to an entire album and then influences their friends who in turn influences everybody else. And I I just think that a lot of times, or at least just my opinion is, I'm I'm often cautious in putting us as 
music presenters or even artists as in the forefront when it's really the fans themselves who have established ecosystems that oftentimes we soak up and we don't give them credit. You know, I mean, most of the time, if I want to find out what's happening with music, I'm going to go outside on the basketball court and it's going to be the cats who actually spent the five, ten dollars or did the downloading or worked their way through YouTube and all these sites who came up and said, these are the things that's cracking and that influences everybody else. And I just, I don't know, maybe to me, I, I like to see that part of the conversation included because it's not something that you can just monetize. I don't think you want to do that. It's not something that you can just put in a box, but it's really what we all make our livings off of in one form or fashion or the other, whether we have a website or whether we're artists or whether we're just, you know, running these companies. If it's not for those hardworking people who are unsung and can't get into these parties and don't know, don't, they're not on anybody's PR list, mm -hmm. but they're the ones that, you know, damn near been running this thing for a very, very long time. Totally. And I think, we, I think we pimped them and then forget at the end of the day that if it wasn't for them, a lot of this wouldn't be happening. I totally agree with you 100%. And that's why I personally feel that Rap Genius and Bandcamp are so exciting. They're just two examples because it allows to give the folks in the barbershop or on the basketball court a voice and they can share their expertise with more than just their local neighborhood but with the whole world. But I world. think those people are sharing their voices in so many forms. You know, it's the guys that have their Twitter thing mm -hmm. that will have a conversation with each other. It's the type of conversations that go on from coast to coast or from different cities to different cities, minus the middleman. Mm -hmm. You know, once right. you know, a lot of times we were like, did they play it on the radio? Was it on MTV or BET? Mm -hmm. And that became the middleman. But before that, you had, it, it was just a whole different dynamic. And no. in the age of, of uh, many platforms that are democratizing, I think there are numerous conversations that go on. And I'll just conclude by saying you see that in terms of the rap fan that all of a sudden is into skater music and, and, and you wouldn't have thought that they would be into a certain type of rock maybe a couple of years ago. You know, I'm talking about somebody that might have been in a Hunters Point that's hanging out with the kid in a Walnut Creek, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they both have something in common together uh, above and beyond the, the, the stereotypes. Those are the types of influencers that you that I think is that you start to I totally see. agree with you 100% and let, let me delve a little bit into that a little bit can you guys talk about influencers of influencers so there are like people out there who influence the Kendrick Lamars they you know like the Kanye West and and you Andrew I mean and talk about their role in all of this well I think partly to answer both of your questions that that's sort of what the the fan pages on Bandcamp does that's how i stay in touch with what everyday people are buying on Bandcamp. and because there are people who are passionate like you're, you're you're talking about about music they'll write reviews about people's albums they're not getting paid to write these reviews but maybe they saw the band last night they went and bought the album and they're so blown away they just felt like they had to scribble down five or six sentences about why this album floats their boat. And there are those fans that are on... I mean, there's a guy on Bandcamp from Scandinavia who uh, also runs a, 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 his own separate site called um, Metal Bandcamp. It's nothing to do with us. He just called it Metal Bandcamp. The guy buys 10 to 15 albums a day and writes an essay about each one on his own blog. And then he posts some of that stuff up on Bandcamp too. He has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of releases he's just you know nobody's paying him to do that he just likes it and and then that's part of the way that i think Bandcamp is pretty sort of uh playing field leveling in, in that regard you don't have to be somebody to be a tastemaker you just have to be passionate about music and that's what the site is all about it's about being passionate about music yeah, I think Rap Genius has always come up with like the grassroots. Like the first album that really, really blew up on the site was a uh, Tyler the Creator's album, which is, I mean, if you if you know anything about Twitter, there are, like his huge following, and like all the Tyler the Creator's fans are on the internet. I think now the big thing is like the Chicago scene, which is huge, and so we're working with a blog, uh, See Beyond Genres, so we do a lot of stuff with them, like. Chance the Rapper, I don't know if you've listened to his stuff at all, but, and like, 
what Rap Genius is cool is that, like, Little Dirk is, like, a drill scene rapper in Chicago who's getting a ton of traffic on Rap Genius, but it's all, like, very concentrated, like, from Chicago. A to Z Lyrics isn't putting up Little Dirk lyrics on their website because he's not a big deal to anyone except the 10,000 people that he's a really, really big deal to. And so for, you know, so for artists in the drill scene in Chicago, like, you can put your music on Rap Genius, like you can put the lyrics there, whereas like other lyric sites aren't going to be covering that. That's really interesting. You brought up the Chicago scene. Are there other? What are other scenes? And, and Andrew talked about Russia um, being an interesting place for electronic music. I mean, where are you seeing influence happening right now? Uh, Chicago is huge. With like, yeah, Chief Keef was uh, was kind of a big deal. And Chance the Rapper and like Little Dirk and all these kind of like drill scene rappers. Um, where else is like like New York with like uh, the Underachievers and Pro Era and like Beast Coast and all these uh, sort of like blo- like a lot of Bandcamp rappers too. Or um, and so yeah, New York obviously there's a New York resurgence right now. Any other ideas, Andrew? On that. Canadian rap, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, is, for some reason, is really strong on Bandcamp, and um, you might chuckle, but a lot of it's really good. And what else? Uh, there must be something in the water in Melbourne, Australia, because like every day there's something amazing from Melbourne, Australia, up on Bandcamp. I don't know what's going on there, but the hmm. scene must be good. And I should cool. go invest. For rap genius, like. Where we're really into doing grassroots stuff is like abroad. Like we're the 28th biggest website in France. Like Rap Genius France is a huge deal. And like that's the stuff that's really interesting to me as an editor. Because like, you know, a French editor will pull me in. Because there was this French rapper did a song with Pitbull. And so he was like, hey, could you transcribe these Pitbull lyrics? I don't understand them. And so like I'm at French Rap Genius transcribing Pitbull lyrics. Within that Pitbull verse, he has a he has some lyrics in Spanish, and so then I reached out to the rap genius Spanish people like, hey, can you go to this French song and check out this Pitbull lyrics? They're in English, but there's some Spanish words that I don't get. So that's the stuff that's really interesting to me, just mm. like making uh making like rap genius Germany or like rap genius France a thing, whereas uh, there you know there aren't really any. There are lyric sites there, but they're not, they can't do what we can do if we have like a community behind it. So, and that's really a great example of how the world is getting smaller. So are you, so you're seeing interesting music come out of Melbourne and Chicago and Canada. Are you also seeing interesting bloggers or Twitter influencers or other, you know, influencers coming out of those space alongside the the musicians? For sure. Um, Hmm. I recently ran a feature on um, some bloggers out of uh, France called the Paris DJs, and they just started up their own website. Uh, they're into funk and soul and dub and a little bit of hip hop, and that was kind of the theme of their whole thing. Before you know it, they had a um, for some reason the mix was right, that the site was designed right, and their podcast had been listened to like over three million times. So they they were doing something right, and they recently actually just started to to run a label so they were interesting for me for sure and um i think it you know as you're saying there aren't often there isn't often a, a rap genius or a band camp in a in in a country where there might be a music scene that's kind of interesting and and therefore we sort of become these popular sites in those countries and um, it's interesting then that that means that those bands over there become popular on band camp which you know is quote unquote based here and and, and same for you it's sort of an interesting way that things get That's, spread around. Yeah, for there's a there's an interesting trend right now of uh, sort of European tastemakers picking American rappers, and so like Action Bronson is more popular in Europe than he is in New York, even though he's like a thoroughly New York like Wu Tang kind of school rapper, or like you know. Left Libera, there's Issue, who's E-40's son. He's a Bay Area rapper. He's E-40's son. He's bigger in Europe uh, than he is in America, and that's kind of interesting to me. See a question here? Gary Moskowitz, I'm a writer about music and culture for The Economist and a few other publications. But you mentioned the Paris DJs and how they do like podcasts, I think. And I was just curious, like in talking about 
tastemakers and people being sort of curators and such, do you guys see any of the talent, you know, artists, musicians kind of taking the reins in some cases and, you know, doing things like that, even if they're just little things like a podcast, but being sort of innovative and creative and doing things on their own and seeing like really cool, significant results? For sure. I, mean, I don't have anyone thrown up on acid trips in our office. But, you know, <laughs> we have some interesting, I mean, you know, so I produce a weekly show for Bandcamp. It goes out every Tuesday. It's like an hour and a half long. And we always have get artists come on and some of them are more into it, you know, than others. And some guys will be like, Hey, you know, I want to take over your show for 45 minutes. I want to present it. I want to pick some tracks that I like and, and that type of stuff. Great. I'm really into, you know, let, let us see what you're into and kind of answer the question that you asked earlier. And yeah, I always feel like the the more interesting ways to promote yourself are, are, are going to be the ones that catch fire. I mean, I, I, when I used to run a record label, it would bore me to death when someone would FedEx me a, a CD and a press release and a glossy photo. I'm like, what a waste of time, you know? Like, it just it just seems dry and boring. And and with with both of our platforms, I think there's interesting ways to take part and and, and make an interesting, unique name for yourself and catch either my eye or his eye or the eye, more importantly, of, of, of your hopeful fans. Cool. On the South by Southwest conversation, you know, that, that's a conference that everyone's been going to. It feels like it's gotten very big over time, and that seems was a great place where a lot of us who are very involved, and it's a good place to connect and meet with different tastemakers and curators and influencers. What are some other events besides for SF Music Tech to go and attend if you want to be meeting tastemakers, curators, and influencers? <laughs> Rap, yeah, the Rap Genius Party. I mean, bloggers don't come, but plenty of other people do. <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough one. The, I mean, the Bay Area is pretty darn you know, central to so much music slash tech stuff that hanging around in your local coffee shop, you're going to bump into somebody. I don't don't know. go to Coachella. Why? No, this is... Because there's just a... For us, like, before Coachella, Pusha T is this rapper, one half of the clips. He's, like, our friend. And so he tweeted at us, like, hey, we have to link up about this song that we had. He didn't, he didn't think we were giving him his due with the annotations we had of a song that he just put out. So he was like, let's link up at Coachella. But then we couldn't link up with them because it's just, like... Artists are sequestered. It's a bunch of like red tape. You're not going to meet anyone. Plus, it's kind of gross, you know? <laughs> so, don't go there. All right. Well, thanks everyone for this good conversation. I, th I think we learned that it's becoming easier to become a tastemaker and curator and influencer, and that, like these two guys, they're great platforms like Bandcamp and Rap Genius where you can take your expertise and knowledge and connect with other people and sort of get the recognition that you deserve. So go forth and influence. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>